Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast from the IAB. I'm James Chandler back with another episode in this series inspired by stories from behind the lockdown told by commentators, experts and of course our members. This week we welcome podcast royalty. She's a co-host and producer of the UK's number one news podcast according to Apple and is straight off the back of an awards hall at the British Podcasting Awards, including gold for Best Current Affairs Podcast. It's none other than Rachel Humphreys from Today in Focus, The Guardian's brilliant daily podcast. So, full transparency, Today in Focus is my favourite podcast and I have pages of questions. So this episode is a bit longer than our usual 20 minutes, but it's all brilliant. And I just thought it was such a one-off opportunity to, one, talk to Rachel, and two go behind the scenes of such an incredible show that is planned, recorded and produced every single weekday. And there's so much good stuff in here. Uh, We talk about the lockdown pivot from recording the show in a studio to recording from a tent in Rachel's bedroom. We get into the inner workings of Today in Focus and the process they go through in deciding what to cover. We talk about Kanye, we talk about hydroxychloroquine, Axel Cacoutier gets a mention and there's loads, loads more. But I started by asking Rachel about the team that makes Today in Focus happen. I sit here representing a huge number of people for the podcast, (laughs) I suppose. But yeah, you've mentioned Nicole and Phil, who are executive producers and do an incredible job. And Axel, of course, who is our sound designer and is a sort of magician when it comes to sound design (laughs) and whose name has become incredibly popular. Um, Yes. I know at one point there was a group of guys in Germany that named their pub quiz team Axel (laughs) Cacoutier, which I think was a bit of a highlight for (laughs) Axel and for all of us. Um, But we also have, uh, obviously, uh, Anushka, who who presents all the episodes, and myself. And then um, we just have such an amazing team of producers. We've got Mm. Maithili Rao, Courtney Youssef, Elizabeth Casson, Hannah Moore, and Joshua Kelly. Um, and they are our regular producers. And we also have a brilliant team of freelancers. And that's not even getting on to the amazing team of Guardian Audio people who support the work that we do all the time. And then obviously more widely within the organization and of all course, of the journalists yeah. we work with. So yeah, but that's our kind of core team. We have about 10 of us and um, You've got a mix of producers who are working on the episodes, you know, researching them, prepping the reporters, uh, obviously recording them, editing them. Uh, And then you've got Nicole and Phil and Anushka overseeing everything and Anushka and I presenting. And then Axel is the the guy who then mixes it all and makes it sound beautiful for when you listen first thing in the morning with whatever you're doing. Um, So it's it's quite a tight knit team, um, but I think it works very well. And was it easy? I mean, it wasn't easy for anyone. And I think the answer would probably be no. But was there, because you are so tight knit and it is such a well-oiled ship, at the point of which, assuming you did this in a studio beforehand, that you had to suddenly not do that and get a load of kit and do it from your bedroom. Talk to me a bit about that process of doing it in a different place. Was it just simply you're recording it in a different place and everything else vaguely remained the same? Or Yeah, so I'm just laughing because I'm remembering that moment where we all went home it always makes me think of like running away from the volcano at Pompeii like we were all just grabbing stuff and like running and weren't sure when we were coming back well, which we still don't know but anyway um yeah I think we, we we're all very clear about our roles on the podcast and what mm. needs to be done to make an episode and so I think when we did all go home we were all just trying to focus on how we could best replicate that 
in the same way. Um, but, you know, from my point of view, it was trying to work out how I could record in the same quality uh, that we had when recording in the studio. Mm. Um, and instead of a studio, I had a reporter mic and um, a Zoom recorder, which is what we used to go out and about recording. It's yeah. definitely not what you use to record script or record interviews. Um, so that was when I started using a tent in my bedroom because <laughs> it, it, I was looking around my room when I got home on the day we went all went home and I thought, right, I need to find something that can create a studio, a small soundproofed environment, you know, and something that I can be comfortable in. I mean, the, the problem with home recording and, and, and we used to get reporters to do this quite a bit before lockdown okay. anyway, if they're in another country is you need to, to soften the echoes or mm. the reverberations in a room. So you get people to throw a duvet over their head, which in principle is fine, depending on how long the interview is and how hot the room is that they're in. Um, so I wanted something that I could, you know, sit in for a while if I needed to. And, um, yeah, I, I'm not in the tent anymore, but for most of lockdown, I was doing all of my interviews in this tent that I used to put up every day, which was just a bit weird. You didn't just keep, you just didn't keep the tent up. It was the process no. of actually putting the thing up. I don't live in big enough places to put a tent up. So, and also it was something to do, wasn't it? Because there wasn't a lot to do, so... I just would get up, put the tent up and I got quite elaborate. I'd like put a laptop on a chair in it and I would pin a fleece blanket up. I'd throw loads of pillows in. And I think honestly, it really helped me mentally because I think at that point when the pandemic really struck in the UK, we all were very worried and were going through some sort of, you know, very stressful reaction. And so building a kind of bunker in my bedroom every day and working in it was incredibly reassuring. And, um, and I'd recommend it to everybody if you're feeling a bit scared. Just get in a tent. You know, Buy a tent, yeah, get, get in, in a tent. fleece over the top. Lovely. Done. And also it gives you another room to work in. Mm. You know, that's the or the illusion of. Um, so yeah, we had to we had to all adapt and uh, obviously things are lost. Like it's it's very hard to have that kind of natural team cohesion. We're yeah. all on Zoom a lot. Um, and we're still able to to share edits via Zoom, um, so we can see people editing as they go yeah. through sharing screens. It's it's amazing actually what you what you can do with technology. And I've been so amazed and really proud of everybody on the team that we've just managed to, from the conversations I have with listeners, produce something which I think sounds pretty similar, if not the same totally. as as what we were doing before. I think it's I think it's absolutely seamless. I, d- I don't think you could pinpoint oh, you. a place where you think, God, that that's that's so different. The the tent thing first entered my orbit when, well, I think Anushka had done one, but she was talking to uh, Jim Morton about disinformation in WhatsApp, and uh, she was talking about lots of duvets and coats and stuff like that. But it was the one, it was the one on the Russia report you did with Luke Harding, and Luke, there's like an outtake, isn't there, where you talk about the awards, and Luke is complaining that he's overheating <laughs> under this sort of thirteen tog duvet or something, and this blisteringly, hot, blisteringly hot day. Um, uh, but it's sort of, I wanted to ask about, I mean, the the correspondents and the uh, the editors and the reporters. Uh, are kind of amazing people like Alex Hearn as well he's actually a real natural at it but do you have you got sort of complete carte blanche over you know you you snap your heels and you can get whoever you want come running in the Guardian and you know you're award winners now so whoever you want you can get I mean how does it work oh I wish we had I wish we had that no I mean it 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 would it would never work that I mean we have the whole thing about setting up a a podcast in a a news organization which 
you know, The Guardian has always been very forward thinking with audio. Um, and if you go back, you know, The Guardian will tell you that. The Guardian, or someone who worked for The Guardian invented the word podcast many years ago. And we had a daily podcast many years ago. So this is not an alien yeah. form in the building. But, you know, you ha we've had to work to embed ourselves in the organisation and also to, to get people to understand what we do, which means that we've built up a, a core group, a large group of reporters who we use you know, relatively often. And, and you mentioned Alex Hearn, our technology correspondent. He is one of those and he is a, mm. a brilliant audio natural. Yeah. And we found so many in in the organisation. Um, but it is the case. That obviously, it, it depends on people's time and it depends how much time they have. But I think one thing that I hope we've been able to do is to demonstrate to our colleagues that, you know, if, if we come to you and say we'd like to make your your article, your story into a, into a podcast, it's something that they yeah. think... Oh, I'd I'd like I'd like for that, and I think one of the, the the feedback we get often from from reporters is that I'm really pleased this has helped get my work to a wider audience, yeah, totally. or I got a completely different reaction, mm. or um, yeah, people really took notice when I did the podcast, maybe sometimes more than than the story, um, and so the, the two complement each other. So it's very much a we and especially this is more so in lockdown is we will reach out to people when we see something that we like or we Got see it. something that we think will work and have a conversation about it but you know so often our correspondents come to us and really? say i'm working on this thing i think it would work really well for the podcast or i'm doing this interview should i record it to which oh, nice. we're like yes 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so you know that was um something that uh nishi nickbao uh, one of our colleagues was doing this interview with renio de lodge which was a, a brilliant coup anyway mm. and uh, arranged to get it recorded so that we could play some of that interview on the podcast and that was just such a a huge episode it got so many listens and such a big response so yeah. it's really brilliant when you can combine some of the amazing journalism that people are doing at the paper with audio and in audio form it's kind of a gift for us really yeah, totally. um so it's definitely a combination of, of 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 and more and more now journalists come to us and and suggest things for us which is great by its very nature it's today in focus but so and what's the turnaround on this stuff? Because because things happen very, very quickly. And I mean, what's the sort of the planning cycle? What are you working on? Are you working on a week out? Are you working on days out? Can something drop and you can move a schedule and put something in? I mean, is it as dynamic as as it sounds? Yeah, definitely. And, and that was something from the off. We wanted it to, to be like that. I mean, I still remember the first day when we first started, we did a, a Brexit episode and, you know, for those who want to travel back in time, that was tw late 2018. Oh, I remember which... Brexit. Yeah, that oh, was, remember, yeah. remember that? That warm <laughs> bath of events. That seems so nice now. Um, and we, I remember it was, and I can't tell you what vote it was that day or what yeah. or what was happening that day, but we decided, I think Jacob Rees-Mogg was attempting a sort of coup. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we, we decided to, to throw out our plan and, and we decided to go down to Westminster and make an episode on the day on the hoof and Anushka and Nicole and I went down and it was like a wild day and it, but it was great. And yeah. we got it all turned around and worked late. And Lizzie, I remember was back in the office working really late with Phil and, and we put it out. And I remember the next day we got such a good response because yeah. everyone was like, I loved how live it was. So yeah. throughout since then, we've always like sort of strived to, to, to go on live and do one day turnarounds. Now that's something in lockdown that is of course harder because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we are sending huge audio files around and, um, 
God, I could bore you for hours about upload speeds, but on, <laughs> on various different broadband connections, but I don't want to see because it's sending me mad. Um, so yeah, you know, it, that takes longer. Um, but we've, we did, we've done some brilliant ones. I mean, early on when uh, the prime minister went into hospital and it was all very touch mm. and go. Mm. I remember we spoke to Jonathan Friedland uh, and did that as a, as a quick one day and got that out the next day. Um, you do have to be very reactive, obviously, yeah. with stuff like that. But um, Nicole and Phil and Mightley all work on a very kind of tight planner. And it's a it's a constant cycle of talking to journalists, in not just in the UK, but in America, in Australia, all over the world, keeping track of forward planning lists, working out what's going on in the organisation. And you obviously want to try if you can get stuff in the diary in advance it's brilliant yeah. Yeah. you know if you if you know there's an event coming up if you know there's something you can tag it to that's great um but often we're sort of you know probably looking like a week a week out but it it changes all the time stories fall through stories change and sometimes you have to hold stuff you yeah. know we had this Kanye West episode oh, yeah, we wanted yeah, yeah. to put out earlier then we heard that he was not going to run you know you, you have to be flexible and yeah. and sometimes you have to accept as well that that things just aren't going to happen so yeah it's definitely something that's shifted a bit in lockdown but we're still trying to be as reactive as possible and um trying to kind of judge the moment um but the, the beauty of, of today in focus compared to I've worked in lots of newsrooms and doing live on the day news is that you realize I think there's a real uh with the audience for podcasts they there's not a demand to have the news of the day on the day people yeah. are happy yeah, to yeah, let yeah. stuff percolate for a few days yeah. and for the story to unfold a bit for us to understand it and for us to get a sense of what's what's happened you know the, the Dominic Cummings saga we put an episode yeah. out on the Tuesday I think the day after he'd done that very memorable press conference and you know by then that story had been rumbling we'd broken it a few days before so we could really you could get the whole thing yeah, on yeah. that Tuesday morning yeah um, and that's something I love about it I really love that we don't have to fold in with that 24-hour news cycle we yeah. can step out of that it sort of just becomes news then doesn't it like everything else you're totally right whereas the reflection and the opinion and you can pull in different voices it, it, it maybe makes it uh, a bit more than just news question on the Kanye episode did you did you listen to all of the Forbes interview because it was like this mammoth very sketchy phone line over hours wasn't it mm, yeah I, I I didn't listen I listened to some of my <laughs> my colleague Hannah did a lot of listening to it and wow. um yeah I mean that's something we have to do a lot is listen to hours of, of <laughs> tape that often is difficult to listen to and yeah. and and figure it out but you know that the 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 kind of thing's really interesting and I think mm. that um it was an definitely an interesting one to do and I learned an awful lot from that episode yeah. um but yeah yeah it was there was a lot of tape there the, you, you sort of alluded to it before with different journalists you know um willing to come on and like coming because they get a slightly different take on the story it, it the, the podcast feels different because you might read something in the paper or online you might watch something uh this you know things like you know the, the made in stoke on trent series and you d you've done lots of other things around brexit but today in focus does give a slightly different angle to everything um doesn't it a slightly different voice even of the guardian the fact that it's you and Anushka and maybe it is a bit more casual than some of the stuff you read. Do, do, do you guys see it like that? Yeah, I definitely think, you know, Anushka did a brilliant job of this and also um, India Rackerson, who used to co-present mm. the podcast when we, uh, in our first year, did a brilliant job and, and with the whole team of cultivating, I think, 
a style that's very relaxed and I, I think that's something that's just quite inherent to podcasts is yeah. you want it to be something that you know I always see it as if I'm talking to people that don't follow the news that much I, I'd like to talk to them about it in a way that doesn't feel like they are stupid or doesn't make them feel like they should know this stuff yeah, and I think yeah, yeah. that's what you want to do with with the podcast and I think yes yeah, sometimes we try to to detangle or or not detangle but just sort of provide context to stories that are colleagues are writing um and you are that it's a, it's a slightly different audience and and the podcast i think obviously a lot of people who listen to the podcast are guardian readers and they come to us through yeah. the guardian they they like the values that we represent as an organization um and that we um definitely you know espouse on the podcast but um it's it's hopefully i think hopefully bringing in younger listeners and it's hopefully delivering the news in a way that perhaps a different kind of sector of of our society really finds useful so i think yeah. that's i think that's why yeah and, and you know it's fun because it's it's a really nice way of putting a bit of yourself into an episode and you know nushka's brilliant at doing that i think and and that's something that i think works really well with podcasts if you look at something yeah. like brexit cast which i think is corona cast now the bbc yeah, do, yeah 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 just goes to show if you've got reporters there who are known really well as news reporters they become human beings on that podcast. They're all like chatting yeah, yeah, and riffing yeah. with each other. And I think people love that. Like people yeah. love to know that people are human and, you know, that humans report the news, basically. Um, so I think that's kind of what we're going for. But there's, you know, there's sort of so much that goes beyond it just being an interview. We talked about Axel earlier, but the whole, they are sort of mini documentaries in their own right. They're, they have got this sort of wonderfully simple narrative structure even the way you sort of ask the questions you're, you're totally right about that point you don't want to ever um they're just done in such a way that it's just really really accessible so it's not just you know the dictaphone goes down or the mic and you do the interview and you kind of put it on they're, they're such sort of beautifully crafted things is there, is there have you ever been surprised by any anyone any one of them that you've done and ever got an answer that sort of stopped you in your tracks slightly or, or are you <laughs> totally aware of you probably talk it through beforehand you kind of know what you're going to get and you ask it in, in the right way <laughs> I mean I'm pretty yeah as a presenter you're pretty across everything but I was just thinking mm. about this earlier I mean of course there's yeah there's things that surprise you all the time I was just thinking about this episode we did the other week about the UK's relationship with China and I spoke to um Tanya Brannigan who had been based out in Beijing for years and um she was talking about the UK China trade relationship and she just suddenly said you know of course we signed the biggest one of our biggest trade deals with china was for, for pig semen and i just didn't expect her to say that so obviously i just burst out laughing but it's true it was this huge trade deal we have with china for for, for pig semen of, of wow. all things um so this yeah there's little things like that that happen all the time but i'm constantly that's so Im impressed when i think about how we we basically turn out five mini documentaries a week yeah. and just in this week, I'm speaking to you, Maithili um, and Aditya Chakraborty did a, a fantastic episode about racism in schools. Mm. Um, and it's amazing. And it was a real kind of labor of love, I think. And it took quite a long time to put together. But, you know, it's it's brilliant. And you get so much in those kind of 25, 26 minutes. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. I mean, the testimonies in that from some of the teenagers about the racism they've experienced was really shocking um and really stopped me in my tracks when i was listening to it yeah um 
but also to, to just some of the stories that our reporters are working on. I mean, one, one little while ago, our colleague Neela Lakani in America was reporting on this story about how so many people in the US don't have access to water. They cannot afford the bills. It's just so high and it's an endless cycle they get into and they just live for years without any mm. water to their homes. And I know a lot of people were, were quite affected by that episode and it's just an unbelievable story in, in 2020. So yeah, you know, it's it's one of the privileges of this job is you get to yeah. every day work on talk about these 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 stories that are just you think you you think you hear it all when you work in news and there's always something else that's why it's such a great job there were the ones that spring to mind for me there was the the brilliant episode on madeline mccann when that story had progressed um you know it's you know it's sort of you know tough interviews as well the the, um, the, the other was the it was Laura, the lady who in lockdown had travelled to Crete for IVF treatment completely on her own. It's just like, these are like massive, massive stories and it's sort of told in, in, in 20 minutes. Is it, but I guess the other side is you can balance that with the sort of the, the lightness of stuff of, you know, Luke overheating under his duvet and all the rest of it. And maybe that's the sort of the beauty of podcast as well. You, it is, you can dip in and out of sort of slightly lighter things and it hasn't been a the new cycle I guess for the past few months well even when you look at Brexit before it has been a <laughs> a fairly a fairly tough one yeah Maybe it, podcasting it is a bit of like relief to that because like you said you can add a bit of yourself to it yeah I think I think you just have to be really honest with with mm. your listeners about you know how how you're feeling as well and I think it has been really this whole period obviously has been incredibly difficult f- for mm. everyone and I know that it was definitely hard for us at the beginning to be putting so many episodes out that were about coronavirus we had to do it it was yeah, the right yeah. story it was the big story and it was consuming all of our lives um but you could tell that there was a sense in the news cycle in general for for when for people wanting a bit of a break uh and i think a lot of people probably found the news a very difficult thing to engage with i think it maybe went either way you were either finding it very difficult to engage with or you couldn't switch off i yeah, don't know which, totally. which way you went yeah, yeah. with it I was, um, I was, you just couldn't, it, but you had, that was, it was daily briefing. So your, your sort of, your early evening was centered around this five o'clock <laughs> briefing and then you pick some stuff up in the morning and then you'd be checking, you know, I mean, it was, it was sort of all encompassing, I guess if you let it, um, mm. at, at, but, but, th- but things, and, but there were other things that were, that were kind of mixed in it as well. The stuff about, um, the stuff about Trump and I'm not, uh, I, I can't even remember the, what's the drug, the hydrocloxy? Yeah, hydroxychloroquine was his, his drug yes. of choice. Yeah. I mean, there were some, in, some in, in, incredible stories that were really important to telling coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, the one we, we did about India and data collection with their test and trace mm. app, which, which taps into the very sinister things that are going on in that country with regards to surveillance. You know, it actually highlighted, as we know, so many important societal issues. But mm. I think it has felt easier, certainly from my point of view, mentally being able to work on a variety of stories again. Um, I think it's probably easier for the yeah. listeners. And, and I think, you know, um, June was our, our biggest month to date for the podcast. Um, I think it shows that to me, it's a convergence of people maybe listening to more podcasts mm. generally and more in lockdown, um, but also maybe coming to us because we've got a good 
variety of stories and a good yeah, balance. Yeah. And you know that's down to Nicole and Phil for their their planning because it is a it's a really delicate balance. The five stories you have in the week they need to work quite well together. And like you said, you need some light relief. Yeah. Uh, so that's something we're always striving to do. You know, if we can get our, I mean, we get our scriptwriter. A political sketch writer, John Crace, who is... Oh, the John Crace one was... was hilarious. Brilliant. And yeah. he's... Oh, I love John. I mean, he just makes Anushka laugh. I just love him and Anushka because they, they laugh so much together. And I think that's a really brilliant thing in podcasting. You know, if you look at some of the biggest podcasts, their mm. conversation ones, you know, so many com- comedic podcasts are, are very popular for that. So I think we're always trying to look for new ways of doing things and just having bringing people together for great conversations like one between John and Anushka or the one we did the other day with George the Poet and Benjamin Zephaniah. Just amazing to create moments like that. Have you got a favourite episode? I mean, it's sort of like if you have children, you can't ask me that. You can't. We've done done so many. Is there one where you learnt more? Is there one that stands out for you? Maybe it's not your favourite. Is there one that sort of stands out for you maybe above the rest for, because you learnt loads of different things or something unexpected happened or... I think I, I'm very um, very easy to please. I just like, I love fun and pop culture. That's my kind yeah. of Achilles heel. But um, definitely, I absolutely loved Hannah's episodes that she made in lockdown about dating. And we did two blind date episodes where we sent loads of listeners on Zoom dates and recorded them all. And, you know, I'm a massive um, junkie for like dating shows. I love first dates yeah. and all that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. that appealed to my mm. to my interests. And it was such a gift to get to present those. And she did such a beautiful job. They're so fun. And they were the perfect kind of... Yeah, sort of yeah, antidote yeah. to to what was happening um but i mean there's just been like so many brilliant episodes and i i did i saw that you wanted to ask that question and i sort of was like oh god and i was like thinking <laughs> do i go back through all the however many hundreds of episodes so we've made yeah. but you know I, I definitely think standouts for for us as a, a team i mean i know that um the episodes that josh worked on in the first year about uh, the youth club that was being moved in West London, the Bolo Youth Centre, which if you've never seen it, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Ever ever heard it? It's absolutely brilliant and um, was nominated for tons of awards and is a really fascinating podcast. Josh spent loads of time working mm. with young people at that particular youth centre, um, and it's that was a really a really great podcast. And it was a good one that we did relatively early on that I think demonstrated what we could do in terms of our own journalism and also you know in terms of of creating these documentaries as well um but yeah we work on such a wide variety of stories i mean i absolutely loved the episode that we made because again i i I love pop culture but about anna delvey who is the fake heiress in new york and that was just fun it was a it was a weird story and and it was just fun to do and i know the bbc have since done their own yeah. podcast series about that because it is a great a great story so the answer is i don't have I don't, i'm very <laughs> diplomatically gonna say very, i very don't have answer. a favorite episode i love i love all our episodes and genuinely i will just gush about all of them because i think i think they're great <laughs> it's a brilliant answer what yeah. what um i mean a gold two silvers and a bronze at the british podcast awards is a is a yeah. fairly decent measure of success um but is there is there anything else that you look at clearly how many people are listening to it 
is is a really good measure of success. Is there anything else that you sort of measure it on? Is it feedback? Is it things that you hear about it? I'm sort of interested in, you know, there's sort of softer metrics you look at as well to see, you know, mm. is this something that's been a success? Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely think it's obviously yeah, how many other, how many people are listening is mm. is great. I mean, the the feedback that we get from colleagues is amazing, and, and we get such positive feedback, and yeah. and and that's a you know, real honor from people in the industry who love it, which is great. But most importantly, you know, from people who listen and who take the time to leave us reviews, send us emails, tweet us with usually I mean, pretty much all the time not always but really really <laughs> lovely yeah. feedback and I think just anecdotally yeah. I, I've worked in audio for eight years and I've worked on like big national radio shows and things but I have never ever worked on something where I've had so many people in my own life or like just connected to people I know or connected to friends of friends of friends who I find out through other people like love today and focus. And yeah. I cannot explain how weird that is. And I think it's something about the podcast genre that people, it's its intimate. It's very intimate. You're talking to people straight through their ears, yeah. through the headphones or wherever. And so people become real fans of podcasts. And I think it's fascinating to me that you can have fans of a news <clears throat> podcast. And I love that. I think that's great. I think if we can get people you know being fans of you know current affairs and documentaries that's great and it's it's really really flattering to have so many people and whatsapping me saying I love this like friends of my parents like different ages as well you know my parents now listen to podcasts because of today in focus like yeah it's that's that's, that's great but I think yeah. also just on another note um to also know that the podcast sometimes has a has a bit of an impact in terms of you know the people that we make episodes about and definitely i know that the podcast can highlight issues in a way that perhaps the written story doesn't you know the the, the sound yeah. of someone's voice the sound of someone telling a story just resonates so much i i think particularly mm. that was uh with a, a brilliant podcast that lizzie made about um a last year about a a group of Indian seafarers who had been abandoned at sea on a boat um, and they, they were without pay and they, they didn't want to get off until they got paid. Um, and it was based on a story that had been written by our colleague Karen McVeigh, amazing story. And we interviewed the captain of the ship, Captain Ayapan, and, and, and did that all through WhatsApp audio messages because oh, he wow. could barely get any internet on the on the yeah. boat. And I think I think it, um, I think it, it was, he, he was so pleased to have done the podcast and I think it, it really made a difference for people to be mm. able to hear his voice and we got such a, a response to that episode um, that sometimes I just realised that actually it's also really important for us to be, you know, um, turning some of our written journalism into audio, into broadcast journalism because it it, it does reach people in a different way. And um, yeah, we... we we definitely have has led to to people acting because of mm. the stories that we that we put together. So, yeah, I think that's another another mark for us of our success. Other than just people being like, "I love to stay in focus," which is great. That could keep <laughs> that coming. Nice. Have to keep that coming. Uh, yeah, it's nice. But there was a guy, and I forget the episode. It was it was around Rishi Sunak talking about the furlough scheme, and I think it was he was a guy who was an Uber driver. Yeah. Oh. On. He's but he go on. I know. Think I know what you're going to say. He had like a long history of doing stuff, hadn't he? But 
the, the way he described the, the emotion you could hear in his voice, it kind of would have been lost in words. <clears throat> and it, it, um, it, he was just sort of brilliant. It just felt really raw and really like, what's this guy going to do? He's physically not got any money to pay any rent. He's not getting paid. And uh, yeah, it would have been one of those that you had to hear it from him versus mm. reading it written down. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's it's... It sort of flattens some. I mean, obviously, not the written, the, the written word is amazing. And it's a communication in a different yeah. way. But yeah, he. I mean, and that whole story, honestly, with freelancers in this crisis yeah. is is just such a, an awful one, and um, it is really sad. And I think you know, I thought about that when we did the uh, the episode about theatres and the and mm. the arts and the impact this is having on the theatre industry. Yeah. And Anushka interviewed a woman who runs a theatre, and you know, she became incredibly emotional in that interview. Mm. Um, and it's very you don't always hear that in you don't hear that all the time on you on the radio day today you know on the today no. program there isn't always time for somebody to yeah. become emotional in that way I, I think actually the episode that i'm really thinking of is the amazing one that um josh courtney and Anushka made about people who'd lost people to coronavirus and it's quite a long episode rightly um and the testimonies about their lives i mean that made me cry that episode and i think mm. that's the, the sort of power of the spoken word you don't yeah. need yeah. any sound design it's just somebody and at the moment talking into their phone and that's all it needs to be yeah um we uh we always finish with uh, asking our guests two questions that the question we've asked everyone since the very start we doing we started doing this podcast at the start of lockdown was around lockdown to-do lists <laughs> because it felt interesting and people I think were quite economical with the truth and we're talking about learning gonna learn languages were we're people gonna... gonna do lots of things is that what they told you they were but I I'd think you should to, catch up with them, them now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think you should because <laughs> did, did you scrawl a lockdown to-do list anywhere and given we're basically at the end of it now have you ticked anything off of it uh, so I gave up making lists a while ago because I found <laughs> I spent too much time in my life finding old lists that right. just filled me with dread because I'd done nothing. <laughs> I never had read Moby Dick or you know done the things I'd said I would do in like one day. So um, I actually moved flat the a, a few days before lockdown happened. It was all oh, a bit of an emergency, wow. so I had to pack up. I had this faced with this enormous challenge of basically taking the stuff that I thought I would need for lockdown and I didn't know how long this was going to be for so you know I was kind of real desert islandist stuff so I just like I put in a guitar I had two ukuleles loads of wool I thought I was going to be knitting and like loads of heavy books like factual books I was like yeah this is the time that I'm reading about the republican politics in America or whatever and I moved out of that flat few weeks ago so just when all the restaurants started opening again end of lockdown in some in some ways and I just thought god I didn't really do any of this um (laughs) did you you, what did you knit you must have knitted something I didn't actually knit anything James to be honest I I turned out I did what a lot of people did and spent a load of time on zoom um no I did I read a lot more which was great I watched a lot more because I'm bad at watching things because I have a short attention span and I can't sit down for very long but I got good at sitting down for longer um and I did a lot of cooking which I loved and I'm obsessed with Mira Soda who writes for the Guardian, so very on brand of me, but if you like Indian cooking, she's amazing. Nice. And um <laughs> and listening to those podcasts obviously, um, but mainly um I did I did 
I did try to learn Spanish at one point, but did you? Okay. I hope my teacher's not listening to this. I've been really bad at practicing. So, well, you've mainly anymore. been doing a daily podcast, you know, award winning daily podcast. It is quite a lot podcast, of time. So. Yeah, I did make an award winning daily podcast, so it, that took up. <laughs> but I mean, in all seriousness, I was very grateful to have a job, to be honest. Yeah, so, totally. I, I, that I would totally. actually say that the, the podcast kept me sane in lockdown, and I am. Um, you know, there is something quite incredible about getting up every day, mm. going into a tent at the end of your bed and speaking to people from all over the world yeah. about their lives. And that is made me feel really lucky. And it was also very surreal at the same yeah. time. That is nice. Uh, final question. Anything you've started doing in lockdown that you're going to continue <laughs> to do that you weren't doing before? Um, God, what am I going <laughs> to... Oh, God, I can't just say flossing, can I? Because... <laughs> That is something that I did start doing that I am still doing. I can't say that. What have you kept on doing? Well, that, oh, this is this is the problem when you interview the interviewer. Don't interview it's, an interviewer. It's, it's go back on. I don't. Um, I don't know. Oh, eggs. I'm doing a lot of. Po- I've sort of mastered the poached egg now. <laughs> So I don't know if that's on a par or slightly better or worse than flossing. But yeah, I'm. Is it because is that because you're a bad cook? I'm an all right cook, but I've never really, I've never really done eggs, poached eggs properly. I'd always, how always are you doing them? A bit. Boiling water in, yeah. then turn it right down to the lowest heat. Bit of a swirl. It just doesn't work if you haven't got fresh eggs. Fresh eggs, mm. you've got to have your fresh eggs. That's what it's all about. Little whirlpool swirl, straight in, boom, boom, two eggs, no more. Uh, three minutes on the nose. Turn the heat off on three minutes. Just give it an extra ten seconds. Little slotted spoon onto the bread oh, I've been eating crap bread that's the only thing oh. but that's it that's the key I I, I, I could hold my own <laughs> in a sort of a, a po- poachathon or something for sure this is the point where we have to say that full details of this recipe will be <laughs> on their webpage for this episode because I, I want those I actually will that has reminded me that I, I got a milkman in lockdown because there was this local dairy that had lost oh, all their nice. business because of the cafe shutting so they pivoted to delivery and he brings me my eggs and my milk once a week. Proper Love glass it. bottle stuff. Yeah, if anyone listening wants a milk delivery in Hackney, just get in touch. I'll Beautiful. pass on the details. Um, Rachel, thank you so much. Like you've given us so much time. And, and I said at the start, I'm a complete fanboy of Today in Focus. Oh, it you. is absolutely my, my favourite podcast. And uh, it's been just a real pleasure to talk to you. And thank you for sort of lifting the lid on, on how you do it. Uh, as we said at the start like it's award-winning it's top of the news charts on apple it's top 10 overall i mean it's it's gone from strength to strength and i think you've had a massive part in that so thank you for blessing us with a little bit of time on our own <laughs> little podcast and sharing some stuff it's been amazing oh thank you so much for having me james it's been fun thanks iab uk building a sustainable future for digital advertising rachel humphreys from today in focus there i should say the award-winning today in focus that was easily one of my IB highlight she was so good wasn't she Uh, I loved what she was saying about there not being the demand with podcasts to have the news of the day on the day and that actually you know things can unfold you can understand things differently uh, by giving it that bit of space and you sort of don't become another thing in the news cycle it becomes something separate Uh, and she also said that this brilliant thing's quite near the end when we're talking about uh, her lockdown uh, and it was something like uh, there's something incredible about getting up every day getting into a tent at the end of your bed and speaking to people from uh, all around the world about their lives and I just thought kind of encapsulates what it's all about and what an amazing uh, privilege she has uh, in order to do that uh, along with uh, Anushka uh, who co-hosts as well I should say a big thank you to Nick Hewitt at The Guardian for helping make this happen so thank you Nick and 
If you want to hear more episodes from our lockdown theme series uh, of the podcast covering mental health, how direct-to-consumer brands are faring and how to stay relevant in a recession, you can find them all at ibk.com forward slash connected or, of course, wherever you get your podcasts from. So until next time, thanks very much for listening. IAB UK. 